I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Yeah. Mark my words. Yeah. Hold up, I fuck with Mexicans, got a plug with Mexicans. When a little need a switch, who I call Mexicans. This comedy central ass nigga come be the president. Hold up, nip, tell the world. Hello from my Ram Cave, and welcome to the greatest show on Grass Podcast. I'm your host and ringmaster, Joshua Newman, and I'm joined today by Tanisha Singleton. The Greatest Show on Grass explores the past, present, and future of the recently reborn Los Angeles Rams. This past week, the Rams lost their fourth in a row, dropping to 3-5 and five in front of 86,109 fans, including January Jones, Cassandra Jean, Demi Lovato, Luke Rockhold, Miles Teller, Candace Parker, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The game pretty much went as expected. Carolina were two-point favorites, and they ended up winning 13-10. to 10. Uh, Not surprisingly, the Rams' defense was able to hold Carolina and Cam Newton in check, but the team couldn't uh, get anything done on offense. Perhaps the most extraordinary things to happen in the game were the fans chanting for Jared Goff, as well as some, there were some fire Fisher chants in there as well. Not to mention Aaron Donald's Superman sack on Superman himself, Cam Newton. I love that sack. That sack was awesome. <laughs> um, but um, since we last spoke, uh, 70-year-old businessman and television personality Donald Trump became the 44th president of the United States. Uh, a ton of us have been grappling with, how to make sense of this and and uh pretty much just in shock i think um and quite frankly football intersected with the world you know i I frequently talk about on this podcast how envious i am of of patriots fans Mm -hmm. because they've got such a great head coach and organization and and um and quarterback but on monday the day before the election um uh donald trump read this letter from New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. Congratulations on a tremendous campaign. You've dealt with an unbelievably slanted and negative media and have come out beautifully. You've proved to be the ultimate competitor and fighter. Your leadership is amazing. I have always had tremendous respect for you, but the toughness and perseverance you've displayed over the past year is remarkable. Hopefully tomorrow's election results will give the opportunity to make America great again. If you were a Patriots fan, uh, as opposed to like the diehard sure. Rams fan that you are, right, right. Um, would you, how would you, would it matter to you that Belichick and Brady sort of came out right. um, as at the very least friends of Donald Trump? Not necessarily. I mean, they both, they both um, claim to have not, politically endorsed him right i know brady says talk to my wife she won't let me talk about politics and stuff and it's probably for the best and i but how much would it matter to you if you were a patriots fan it would it would i'd have to be honest it would leave a bad taste in my mouth knowing that the colors you know my jersey that i represent it also represents that like it would it would leave a bad taste in my mouth and that's when i have to understand and just acknowledge the fact that what happens in society does impact the game that they're they're not necessarily as separate as i wish they would be sometimes um but it would it would leave a bad taste in my mouth knowing that this is what they support i would feel like 
do they even want me as a fan as a black woman? Yeah. <laughs> if that's what they represent, if they're like pro-Trump, would they even want me as a fan? They'd probably say like, fuck no, I don't yeah. need you. So yeah, <laughs> We have I enough. Just, so it's a double-edged sword. It's, it's a jagged funny. pill. So like, for me, from my standpoint, it was Sunday afternoon. I'm at the Coliseum mm -hmm. and I'm surrounded by people screaming fire Fisher. Mm -hmm. And then Monday, you know, this coach who I, I envy in so many ways gives this... Um, quasi endorsement of Donald Trump, Belichick's almost like um, unable to talk he's about out of anything touch. about other than football, and and he's so obsessed with winning, and and uh, his he is a little out of touch, and he gets away with a lot of things that no other head coach would do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when they were asking him about that letter that you read, he just goes Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. Seattle, Seattle. Like that's all he wanted to talk football, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. Already addressed it, doesn't want to deal. Anybody else, very few can get away with doing that. Like yeah. him and Popovich from the NBA, like the only two guys I think that can get away with it and not, you know, get fined because they have to be there a certain amount of time for media and press and all that stuff. But yeah, like it's, it does make you respect Fisher a little bit more and respect guys. Like when you think about like where they are socially, because you want to be with like-minded people people like that's the whole thing about fandom i mean you well this is one of the one of the you know I, I i'm i'm a huge rams fan but i i don't you know boast about them having some sort of like stance storied mm -hmm. um you know they haven't been the most winning team in history sure. but in terms of like social issues they're there they've been there throughout um you go back to of course having the first uh, breaking the color barrier in 1946 with Kenny Washington and Woody Strode. They had the first uh, NFL player from a predominantly black college play for them in 1949. Then that was Tank Younger. Then he became the first um, black to hold a uh, front office executive position with the Rams. The Rams then defied the unwritten rule about um, um, blacks playing unskilled positions around 1961. Um, there was sort of like a Another handshake agreement at the time that, you know, even though blacks were in the NFL, you would only have four of them on your roster. The mm -hmm. Rams defied that. They were the first to have a black man regularly start at quarterback. That was James Harris. Um, you know, Michael that Sam, you know, they've been on the side of civil rights issue. Michael Sam in 19 in, in 2014 and. And then later that year, um, the hands up, don't shoot um, protests in St. Louis following the uh, shooting of Michael Brown. So, you know, that's a it, rich lineup that you just gave. You know, that's a rich history of taking a stand for for what's right. And I didn't even mention the uh, how we met <laughs> you, oh, yeah. you, know, you looking at my uh, Twitter page. Yeah. You know, I had as a background image, the fearsome force mm -hmm. in, in Indiana campaigning for. Bobby mm -hmm. Kennedy in 1968, three out of the four mm -hmm. members of the Fearsome Foursome, and we struck up a conversation that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 terrific to be on this side of history, and um, it's something to be proud of. I think um, people take an inordinate amount of pride in, like, how colorful and beautiful our uniforms are. Mm -hmm. I think we should take as much or more <laughs> pride in this um, this this kind of history of being on on the right side of of, of social justice um, issues in yeah. America, and not and not also, um, 
a lot of teams, you know, talk about distractions. Mm -hmm. The Rams have never uh, treated like messy realities of social life as distractions. They don't buy into this like mythical, um, like level playing field kind mm -hmm. of that is sports, this escape that is sports. Yeah. They don't buy into that. They don't, they're not afraid to get their they're hands dirty. Um, and I think this election in a lot of ways, you know, not necessarily um, rebukes the notion that sports is uh, somehow stands apart from, from politics, but entertainment in general, mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason I think that Donald Trump was never taken seriously, seriously as a candidate was because he was from a, this frivolous world of entertainment and pop culture, um, the world of distraction. Absolutely. Um, but, but those two worlds aren't like apart from one another. Or not at least anymore. they're not anymore. Yeah, yeah. they're not anymore. That's what was so surprising to me is cause I just, everyone around me, like my social circle of, of, and then I have some pretty diverse people. Like I have a couple of friends that were open about voting for Trump and was kind of shocking. But, you know, we look around the room at the time there was an Armenian, there was a cop, there was two cops, there was me as black female, and then there was a black male and then there was a Hispanic male. And so we look around the room and it's like, this is what it's about, though. It's I mean, we could have different social issues. We've all come from different you know, scenarios and have gone and have experienced different things. But this is what it's about. Like, we're all friends. Like, people just call us like the get along gang because yeah. we just, you know, get along with kind of everybody. You yeah. know, like this is what it's about. And we're all going to vote differently. And that's what's great about this country. But <sighs> there's still just something, though, about this election that makes me so extra a little dismissive and not being able to trust. I just, it just left me with this really gut punch feeling. And and so sports and, and politics, they're kind of. So you're able to, you have friends who voted for Trump. Yes. Shocking. And you talk about it with them? N no. No. Every time I, it's, I'd say, don't even talk about it. Yeah. Like when I was in that room in that situation with all those different people, I was the silent one. And they're like, what do you think? And I just sat there with my cocktail. Like, let's, and because there's a game on, we were there, watch, it was uh, like two weeks ago. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh, look, Cubs. <laughs> we're watching the World Series. We're watching the game. And I was like, oh, look, they're bringing in Chapman early. Yeah. I just had to say something like, I don't want to talk about it. And they're talking about all the props. And, and that I ended up having to eventually leave the room and come back. Like, are y'all done? Like, I just don't want to be reminded, like... Because that, that's the thing, you know, it's like when if somebody thinks neg if someone's a racist, there's almost like these signs and there's symbols, you know what I mean? Where we can start to we know like there's a scarlet letter. They they wore like big white cape. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know to stay away from folks like that. I know to stay away from this, like just group selection theory. We there, we we use signs and symbols as a way to express like our beliefs. Right. That's just what we do. Mm -hmm. Those signs and symbols are gone. I don't know what anyone thinks or believes or values anymore. I think what this election proved in a lot of ways is that there are two that these you know democrat and republican don't necessarily mean what they used to mean right and, right and but there are these like little bubbles that people live in that, that where they're constantly um being surrounded with people's voices who affirm what they 
already believe. So you're right. constantly having your just the Facebook algorithm alone by what virtue of what you click on um, makes elevates the Absolutely. content that you're experiencing. So it's very easy. I mean, I have I don't I have you know probably a th- over a thousand. I don't need a thousand something people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a single, I didn't know a single person who voted for Donald Trump or, and if I did, they were just so buried in my feed that I never yeah. got. To, so I probably underestimated. I know uh, I did. Yeah, I underestimated the country and yeah. the, the chances. That's why I thought like, okay, this is all going to be over tomorrow. That's why I went to bed early. Cause I knew it was, or I thought it was going to go a certain way, but there's clearly a hell of a lot more people out there that were comfortable voting for Trump, but just weren't open about it. And they didn't want to say anything about it. Cause it was almost embarrassing. I would think, but clearly it wasn't. Cause I mean, but voting is a very private isolating thing. You're in your little booth or you do it by mail. No one has to see you. You don't have to tell anybody and you can just flat out lie. Yeah. So but it's, yeah, like my friend that voted for Trump, that the two of them that were open about it have done more for me personally than like half of my phone would do anything for me. Great, great friends, great person, but they don't understand privilege yeah. and they don't understand that what he stands for, like, must be nice because the shit that he stands for will never affect you. Yeah. It'll go right over your head as a white female yeah. cop. You'll never have to deal with the ramifications of what he's trying to say. And that's the disconnect that we have as friends and that we will never understand that Um, and we'll never be on the same page in that sense. So that's why I just never talk about politics with my friends and because I'd probably have a hell of a lot less friends Mm -hmm. um, and keep my circle really, really small. But um, what do you think this year? um, A lot of players in the NFL have been talking about politics. Yeah. And so how do you think, you know, I mean, we know Kaepernick, I don't think voted, but yeah, he said he wasn't behind anyone. Some of these higher profile protesting NFL players are going to react to the election. Well, when I was scrolling through Twitter, uh, I wouldn't even open Facebook because I'm hardly on it anyway. And I just knew there was going to be a shit show, but on Twitter, like Jamal Crawford from the Clippers, I follow him as the Clipper fan. And he was like, I am for real shook. Like, I'm legit worried. I'm praying hella long right now, right? And so it's a lot of stuff like that. There was Joel Embiid. um, He had said, you know, from the whole 76ers franchise, he said, um, well, America is just tanking. We have to trust the process, which kind of made me laugh. because that's Wait, but his nickname's The Process. I think that was a pun. On that the and yeah. it's the, the 76ers but, fans were yeah. chanting, trust the process because yes. they tank every year. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, he is the process because yeah. like they every year somebody's going to be the new process. That's true. And, and it's I mean, true. Obama said something like that this morning, essentially. Yeah. He said, you know, this is mess. Politics is messy. And we for every step forward, we take Absolutely. a step back. Absolutely. Hopefully we end up. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's it's a relay race and hopefully each president yeah. passes the baton in a place right. that's a little bit I don't have any evidence in front of me that shows that he's going to be a good president. Yeah. So it's all you got is faith. All you have is like, all right, well show me. All right. Show me now. So now I'm in this position where we have no option. Right. Because it is what it is now. Yeah. So now it's prove it. Back up your words and prove it now. Right. I, I think as a football fan Something that I want to do more is, you know, I already, I, I had this positive reaction to these players who were taking a stand. Yeah. You know, the, on the Rams. I, they haven't done it 
I was watching the national anthem this week. I didn't notice Robert Quinn or Kenny Britt with their fists in the air. I wonder if they'll go Do back that again. in the air. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, supporting the players that that make these public stands more, um, you know, critiquing the players who say messed up stuff. Mm-hmm. Although the players, I mean, to it's hard to, like um, – the players are kids. You know, yeah, they don't know. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, how many of them actually voted? Yeah, you know, it's I, I've seen a lot of different numbers about like how many people actually voted in this. It's different, but yeah, like you said, these are kids. There's, from what I can ascertain, there is one Rams Trump voter. There is. Uh, yes. Ram. I mean, <laughs> Chase, technically, he's Chase right. Reynolds is a special teamer. He's yeah. a fourth string running back, I guess. And these are fringe players, though, you know, he's a Fisher favorite, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, he was celebrating on Twitter about, you know, making America great. Um, that fucking slap. And then there was an interesting conversation. Long, snap, long snapper Jake McQuaid uh, said something about why is everybody freaking out? Trump is basically a Clinton Democrat, which, you know, still could there could be some truth to that. We don't know exactly what, you know, Trump is. I think that's the fearful spectrum. part. It's the fact we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. That's the fearful part. I mean, it's something part. that Republicans are probably afraid about. They're too. scared as hell. They're shook, too. Like, they didn't want this guy. It's Everybody's kind of shook about this. And, it's yeah, like I said, it's very gut-punching. Just like, oh, shit. Like, this is, all right, 2020, let's go. Yeah. Nigga, am I tripping? Let me know. I thought all that Donald Trump bullshit was a joke. Know what they say when rich niggas go broke. Look, Reagan so cold. Obama so hope. Donald Trump. This Sunday, the Rams take on the Jets at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's where Giants Stadium used to stand and where I saw my first NFL game in person. A Rams Jets game in 1986, in which the Rams won 17 to 3. <laughs> I was wearing an Eric Dickerson jersey at the time. Um, How old were you? Well, baby. Oh, 80, uh, 14 years old. 14. Um, the Rams have won 9 of 13 games uh, against the Jets throughout their history. The Jets are 3 and 6. Yep. Um, they're two point, two and a half point favorites, favorites. against the Rams. Um, They've already have as many losses this year as they had all of last year. Yep. Um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start again. Um, despite his sprained MCL, uh, he'll be starting ahead of Bryce Petty. A uh, similar kind of thing. I mean, we talked earlier in the year about these teams um, looking a lot alike. Yeah. Uh, anemic offenses. Um, it's a great word. Uh, <laughs> it's so true. Instability at the quarter posi- back position, strong defensive lines, um, defense first coaching staffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of played out that way. And in a remarkable twist, uh, similar type quarterback controversies, Jets fans um, yeah. rallying, uh, w- wanting Gino. Bryce Petty to oh, step yeah. in. Well, Gino's He's hurt. hurt yeah. So. They so want Jet fans want to see what they have in Bryce Petty, and Rams fans want to see what they have in in Jared Goff. Um, and these are two quarterbacks, Case Keenum and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, with the lowest quarterback ratings in the league. Fitzpatrick also has the most interceptions in the league. How do you see this uh, this game going? It's a they are very very similar, um, like you said, and I think. 
for both of these teams, it's almost like a get right game. Like, cause both of them have hopes, you know, in the, for the playoffs and trying to run the field, I think. So it's almost like a get right game. Like each one of them will use this as a way to, all right, let's build a little bit of momentum. Let's get it going. Let's get our offenses going. Let's get our running game going and all this stuff. So I see there's pressure on both of these teams to, to win and to develop a little bit of momentum going into the second half of the season. So I see it being very close offensively and probably another one of those kind of ugly games that will be close, like one of those 10, 13, you know, 14, 10, kind of even nine, six, like something kind of close like that, which are classic Rams football. That is just, Sometimes bad to, not sometimes, it's mostly bad to watch and kind of stomach, but uh, I mean. The Rams defense is playing better than the Jets defense right now. Yeah, so I give them the edge. And in the beginning when I was doing, you know, we were doing our picks, like I had this down as a a win for for the Rams. And I'm going to stick to that and they're going to become four and five. That's my hope. That's what I'm predicting. But it'll be one of those kind of ugly, close Ram style games. You know, I, I don't think I, so. I can't see the Jets scoring more than fifteen points. I mean, that yeah. that would be a lot. I think against this defense, like, yeah, offensively, offensively that I don't flat. know. I, I can't see the Rams. You know, who knows? I mean, I um, is this the game that Gurley gets going? Shit, we've been saying that for six, six, seven weeks. Yeah. Um. So it'll be a, a we're probably a low scoring game. I don't, you know, I think it's hit or miss. Uh, you know, a field goal here, a field goal there. I think this one is just, you know, depending on whether the the ball hits the bar and yeah, goes one right way or, or left other, goes in or out. You know? It depends. Yeah, I see that. It's it's just so unfortunate that like we've been saying that like we could be like okay, when's he gonna get going? It's like we thought there was that one game. What was it against the Cardinals that mm-hmm. we had over a hundred for the first time in forever? I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're like, all right, golf. We got some touchdowns. Like maybe we can do this now. Get them going. Get like start playing like in the backyard and have fun, you know. And instead of make it looking so forced, but. I'll believe it when I yeah. see it. It's yeah. I'll tell you their defense. It's a shame. I feel like it's such a waste, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little to me. I think about the Dodgers a lot and how the Dodgers are yeah. sort of squandering Clayton Kershaw's prime. Such a waste. Um, the Rams are really squandering, um, you know, Aaron Donald and this defense yeah. is prime. Um, who knows when they finally get this offense, it will Aaron Donald be the dominant force he is right now. Um, they have a ton of depth on that defensive side of the ball, and yeah, like guys scary get depth. nicked up, and then guys, you know, next man up, next and they man do up it. steps in, and and he plays well, and you know, Maurice Alexander at free safety is playing great. He came out of nowhere, and Tremaine Johnson is back, and EJ Gaines. So, yeah, he you know, had like so five good. tackles last week. Yeah, so good. I mean, these guys are great. We were. I mean, I miss Janoris, but you know, this defense is good enough to. Get to a Super Bowl, I, I would this say. This defense, yeah. Um, it's just the offense is the worst. It's the pits. It's dreadful. Yeah, like literally, it uh, is the worst. It's the worst. Thank you for listening. No, we can't. End that. We can't <laughs> it's like that. it's the worst. No, we can't. End that. <laughs> it's the worst offense. Give me in one the thing that's. <laughs> let me. Tell me one thing that's. This, you're give, looking look forward a, a to positive. in this game. A look forward to. Uh, I'll be at the game. 
You're going? Oh, that's I'm right. You're leaving. I'm in New York. So yeah. I, and I am going to the game. I'm uh, looking forward then, to, to uh, seeing pictures of you in reco- Rams gear. We're gonna be rec- I'm going to be recording with Eric Gardner uh, the day after. Very uh, good. In New York. So that'll that's be, what I'm looking forward exciting. to. <laughs> well, thank thank you for listening to The Greatest Show on Grass. If you like the show, please rate it and review it on iTunes and recommend it to Rams fans in your life, whether they've been rooting for the team for 30 years or 30 days. Fuck down, Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck down, Trump. I don't like your ass. Yeah, fuck down, Trump.